0: Hey, it's Andrew. The 2023-24 season of Portland Arts and Lectures has been announced. Speakers include Zadie Smith, Mary Beard, David Gran, Charles Yu, and Amy Nezukumotato. To learn more about the season and how to join us at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall for five inspiring evenings, visit literary-arts.org. Welcome to The Archive Project. I'm your host, Amanda Bullock. The Archive Project is a retrospective of some of the most engaging talks from the world's best writers for more than 35 years of literary arts in Portland. Last summer, Literary Arts partnered with the Picathon Music Festival to program on-stage author readings and for a live recording of The Archive Project at the Lucky Barn stage. Oregon poet laureate Anis Mojgani led a wide-ranging conversation with Portland-based multidisciplinary writers and artists Dow Strom, author most recently of the music and poetry project Traveler's Ode Instrument, and John Raymond, author of the recent novel Denial and screenwriter of First Cow and many more projects. The trio chats about what their processes are like as artists with multiple and often hybrid modes of creativity, how they started as artists, and how their genres have changed over the years as they move between music, visual art, filmmaking, fiction, poetry, written versus spoken literary work, and even more. It's interesting to hear how they think about the different pros and cons as an artist of more solitary versus collaborative work, depending on the kind of art they are making. For example, it takes a whole lot more people to make a movie than to write a poem. It's a wonderfully curious, inquisitive, and open conversation about art and art making. And we're grateful to our friends at Picathon for providing a platform for literary arts at this year's festival. Let's join our moderator, Anis
1: Murghani. Today, I'm hoping that the three of us can be in conversation about what it means to um, be an artist who works with blurry borders as regards to like what the creative product is um, and how the process infers um, where we arrive at with whatever it is that we're making um, and how sometimes those things that we're making might differ from each other even if they are coming from the same person, coming from the same artist. Um, And so what what does that look like? What does that feel like? Um, Is that the same amongst all three of us or is that something very, very different? So to to just sort of get that a roll in, I just kind of wanted to throw out to the two of you where when and how did y'all find y'all's way into making the work that you make?
2: Uh, sure, I'll start. For myself, um, as with probably a lot of writers, um, it started with reading. There's a, a quote that I once heard, uh, that a, a writer is a reader who has moved to emulation. And I think that is, um, for me, definitely the truth. As a kid, I was a quite voracious reader. Um, and you know it never entirely occurred to me that it was actually possible to become i didn't know writers still were alive necessarily you know i didn't know that that was a living possibility but um eventually that became apparent and um you know i spent uh, a large part of my 20s uh living what has come to be called the dream of the 90s in portland where i was doing a lot of dabbling in uh, painting and curating and making videos and doing all kinds of, um, uh, dilettante sort of, uh, art making in different fields, all sort of orbiting around the music scene. And then it was like probably around age 27 or 28, the kind of Saturn returns moment where you have your first sort of minor midlife crisis that I realized actually what is what, really the part of all this that I enjoy is the writing part. Like I like doing an art show because I get to write a catalog. I like um, you know, just writing the press releases for these videos more than actually doing the video <laughs> itself and I just realized that writing was the thing that actually gave me energy as opposed to just enervating me and feeling like a chore.
1: And before that juncture, had there been a creative relationship to the writing or was it purely like dancing around on the sidelines? Uh,
2: well, I mean, I, I exited college um, under the influence of a lot of continental theory. And I had the idea that the author was dead and that really only the critic remained. So I'd been doing a lot of sort of very bizarre criticism up to that point, but not like fiction in the way that I eventually came to.
1: And and was there a specific moment or even not necessarily like the weight of a specific moment, but was there something that you know, turned and said, was like, oh, well, what happens if I write a story? All right, well, as long as you're
2: asking, (laughs) um, then hopefully we can talk to that for a long time. But yeah, I will say, all right, I was involved in a lot of um, experimental film uh, scene in Portland in the 90s, and we were doing a lot of uh, screenings of people's different kind of experimental projects. Um, One of the people involved in that uh, scene was Miranda July, who probably people have heard of. And... um, I will just say, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse to have a friend in your youth who is a radical genius. Um, it's very uh, humbling. And so I remember one particular show at the Hollywood Theater where a bunch of us were showing things and bands were playing, and Miranda premiered a part of what would become her first big performance art piece, uh, Love Diamond, and it was, staggering it was just absolutely incredible and i could see for myself like okay i'm a person with access to the same resources as her i'm even a couple years older than her like why am i doing this (laughs) this is totally a waste of my time and i really did walk out of there and i was like i need to change my life i need to do something that i can uh be good at and so that took me into fiction gotcha thanks john what about you Dow?
3: Yeah, um, so uh, I started out writing. Um, I wrote as a, as a child, it was sort of like this thing that was always my escape. Um, so I wrote a lot of little stories um, throughout my, my youth. But I went to college for film in San Francisco actually. And so I thought that I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I, I feel like I got some of the seeds of like hybrid work were being planted. Like I made a student film and I moved out to New York City and, you know, kind of was just overwhelmed by life and ended up going to a graduate writing program for fiction, actually. So um, so my, my in was, was fiction and then I started playing music around that same time just as like a hobby. It wasn't something that I ever thought that I would do. Um, I didn't think I would actually write my own songs. Um, and uh but somewhere along the way i kind of kept doing that and i enjoyed it and i published a couple books of fiction so my way into the hybrid was really like through failure (laughs) because i published a first book of fiction i had a two book contract um, at the time and when i turned in my second book um, which was supposed to be a novel um, I don't know. It was by a large publishing house. I don't know if I have to mention the name. But they basically rejected it. And I had to pay back half of my advance. And it was like really crushing. And it was like very, you know, it just didn't fit the market. And there's so many things that, you know, are behind that um, like what was expected of the kind of writer um, I was. And I don't, you know, I don't think the same thing would happen to, you know, an Asian-American writer now. Like, I think the market was probably different at that time. Um, So that really sent things off into, like, a a left-hand path. Like, that book eventually did get published, but it was, like, really small, and it didn't do as well. And um, I really had trouble, like, publishing after that or continuing to write in fiction. And then at some point, like, something sort of turned. And instead of, like, since I was not capable of writing traditionally, I... um, kind of like started fragmenting what I was doing and just getting weirder and using images and writing songs in the same vein so you know a blessing and a curse.
2: Do you ever wonder what would have happened if that book had been published and like would you have ended up you think doing the same formal experiments?
3: I I don't know I mean maybe eventually but I, I feel like it was all part of like you know this this lesson and this like necessity like I felt like the hybrid really formed out of necessity because I was really unable to structure things in a way that the literary fiction market wanted to see books. You know, like I just couldn't, I like I tried, I couldn't do it. So it's it was my way of finding, you know, to the, but yeah, it's been a circuitous path for sure.
1: Was, since you were, you'd mentioned that you were, you know, writing songs and making music at this time that you were also, you know, writing fiction, was there any relationship or or conversation that was happening between music and the writing with regards to perhaps calling to these hybrids or calling to like, is there a poetic form that is somewhere between that which is prose and that which was song? Like, was was there anything that was happening at that time? Um,
3: Well, I would say like at the time I was writing narrative fiction, like I was influenced by a lot of, you know, Writers that people were influenced in by in the 90s, like Raymond Carver, Dennis Johnson. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, that didn't totally apply to my context. And um, I was also writing pretty narrative songs. I started out writing, like, folk and roots country songs. So I, I, I think of it as, like, I was learning forms um, and those. Eventually, like I realized, I didn't fit inside, or my content didn't really fit inside those forms, and I had to mutate them. So, yeah. What about you, as far as like the type of fiction and how that fit with screenwriting?
2: Um, yeah. Well, my my entry into screenwriting was um, more accidental than the entry into fiction writing. I moved back East and went to a MFA program and uh, wrote a novel there uh, that happily did get published. And um, through that novel coming out, I befriended a filmmaker uh, named Kelly Reichert who was looking for something to adapt for a extremely low budget film. And I had at that point one short story, like the, the book was too big for her to deal with, but I had one short story and uh, it was very simple um, in a kind of carver-ish way. Like two guys take a walk in some woods and one of them gives the other one a kind of evil back rub. <laughs> um, like so you very, know yeah, yeah, very uh, you know, subtle sort of emotional pivots and stuff. Um, but for, yeah, naturalist fiction is very commonplace and is kind of what you expect from a certain kind of short story. But um, but for even the smallest film is actually very exotic and weird. Um, there are just not that many filmmakers who are willing to uh, marshal even the small apparatus that a really low budget film takes and sort of trust the characters on the on the screen to just kind of be interesting as as themselves. Um, but Kelly has that kind of nerve, and so she made that into a film. Which was astonishing, um, and it was a very beautiful film. And through that, we kind of began a conversation that now has gone through six films and fifteen years, and um, has, yeah, uh, been just one of the huge blessings of my life. But is, uh, you know, it, you know, it's not to say that I hadn't thought about making films. Actually, I did make a movie in the '90s as part of that dilettantism I was talking about, um, and learned that I do not have the stamina to go and do actual production work. It's just too physically hard. So, you know, I had thought about film, but I had certainly never thought that um, I would end up in a relationship like that.
3: What about you, Anise, as far as your hybrid or multiple genres? <laughs> my,
1: my hybrid or you, multiple genres? How did you start? Explain yeah. your hyphenates. yeah. <laughs> Which that was like how, how, how everything was introduced amongst everyone, that it was just like, hello. Tell me about your hybrid and or multiple genres, um, which actually is how it should be. Um, I, I, had, I had started off um, in the visual arts sphere. Like that was, you know, I think most most children are, are doing something. And with me, I was, uh, um, it was something that I kept wanting to do and was fortunate enough to have people that were like, keep doing this. And... Um, so uh I when I went off to school, I went off to study comic book illustration, and at that time, I was also painting a lot and I when I started college i I just started writing poems. I'd taken a class in high school, and it sort of became the thing that was like um, the way in which like, you know, I think whatever art we make sometimes is gets rooted in we do it because. We have to do these other things that we're supposed to do. And so art is the escape, you know. And, uh, but then I was going to school for art. So art was a thing I was supposed to do. And so writing became the thing that was the escape. And I'd gotten introduced to the idea of the performance of poems. And I wasn't a performer before, um, but I was just so fascinated by it. that I was like, I want to do this. And, um, so, you know, I think definitely like I started off as a visual artist, but, you know, really my relationship to becoming an artist happened all at the same time with these different things that, that they definitely kind of like pushed me in all these different directions, like at the same kind of period of my life.
2: And then, so Dow, uh, do you still make music in a songwriting kind of way our song is songwriting part of your practice right now
3: um yeah yes and no um (laughs) I I I used to write songs that were like more guitar based and like folk oriented Um, and then I like the last two things or the the last album that I put out with the book was more in the form of what I call song poems so a little more experimental I call it folk like ambient folk like there's ambient influences and um, and vocal experimentation but I did just recently like re- release an album that was songs and they're sort of reinventions of past songs so there's so, so yeah I'm still in that vein but um, some, some things happened like as far as the um, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in instrumental music, in ambience, and textures, yeah. and um, I guess different uses of the voice as an instrument. So,
2: did you and do you play with other people as a collaboration um, part of this, or is this more your not, own?
3: I haven't recently, like in, I, I went through a lot of that, I did a lot of years of that, and I did years of, you know, going into a studio and working with producers, and and hiring musicians and um, and I, I guess in the more like last 10 years it's been, you know, or five or 10 years, um, it's been like kind of just getting to know myself um, and what I can create in this like way that doesn't, you know, have a context that I know that I'm following. Um, Um, but recently I have been doing a little bit of collaboration with, actually, with Alicia Joe Ravens, who is another literary arts friend who is also a musician and poet. So, so yeah, so maybe I'm kind of getting back into the social aspects of music slowly.
1: John, you, you know, on that collaboration aspect, do you find, since film is inherently a collaborative endeavor, is there an aspect where, you know, the solitary... Journey of say writing a novel um, versus what the culmination of this, a screenplay represents. Like, do, do is there you know some sort of um, thing there with regards to like oh I get me time with this, but this is an, an avenue in which I get to collaborate. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, I think having both fiction going and film and and screenwriting going like for me has been a reasonably healthy sort of division of labor. Um, You know, it's great to have uh, fiction where you are responsible for every choice. You are the head of every department. You're putting the clothes on everyone. You're, you know, cueing the music. It's like you're, and you're just sort of morally responsible for everything. I mean, it is, it's a really, it's a personal struggle that is, um, uh, you know, exhausting and, and arduous, but also really satisfying. Um, And with filmmaking, yeah, it is uh, an inherently deeply collaborative process, and you have co-workers, and you are, in the screenwriting process particular, like, your job is sort of to make space for everyone to do their thing, because there are a lot of amazingly talented people involved in the whole process. So for me, the screenwriting has become, yeah, more like a... It gives me like a workplace because it's not only the collaborators you're in with, it's also like the producers or the financing people, just the whole traffic through the movie industry just allows for a lot more um, input, you know, Um, and just it turns out all the people are really interesting, you know, (laughs) it's just like you kind of get to meet a lot of interesting folks. And so that's, that's like been a real amazing joy. Um, and yeah, having them both and having multiple things, Mm -hmm. I think like both of you guys were alluding to, like you are always procrastinating on one thing by, you know, (laughs) it's all this sort of, for me, at least a process of evasion, you know, like I don't want to do this, so I'll do that. And so the thing you're not doing or that you decide to do, at least it should be productive, you know? So as long as you're kind of ignoring one part of your life, it should benefit something.
1: So, so do you find then that they are supporting each other or is it like, that
2: emotionally they have yeah. yeah i mean definitely like being in in a relationship with people is 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 really great and i think actually having the privacy of the of the of the script of the fiction writing has made me a less egomaniacal screenwriter you know like i have the place where i get to be a despot and in this field i can play with everyone else
1: and so does the does the screenplay ever feel as if like a quote unquote Finished piece of your expression, or is it like this is just a means to an end to whatever? There's a reason people don't
2: read screenplays. (laughs) Like there is, it's not like a (laughs) an interesting form in a sense. I mean, I'm sure there are poetic ones. You know, I'm sure there are interesting reads, but they're practical documents in some ways. I will say, it depends a lot on who I'm talking to, kind of how I describe what the screenwriting um, process is. Um, if I'm talking to a person who really doesn't know anything about filmmaking and who kind of thinks that the actors make up the things they're saying, or who thinks screenwriting is just writing dialogue, then I can be very fussy and be like, "No, no, it's more than that. Like, you're establishing the characters, you're building the story structure, you're, you know, saying the lo- what the locations are. There's like a lot of of sort of architecture going on to, in this stuff." Yeah. But, on the other hand, if I'm talking to someone who does know about filmmaking, and they're like, oh hey, your film was great, it's like, actually, that was just like a um, means to an end, and like, the real poetry of it happened in the filmmakers themselves doing it. So gotcha. Yeah, it just sort of varies.
1: What I'm curious about is, like, Dao, you know, particularly with regards to Instrument and, and Traveler's Ode, what of what goes where? and 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 how do they arrive there yeah
3: well i i think for that project in particular um like one of the seats of it was the traveler's ode song which um like is a song that you know i'd kind of been carrying with myself for a while and then i made a video poem of it which is another like film aspect but um and collaboration and uh, it was you know a video recording that we did of it and we did it in this this Abandoned nuclear power plant cooling tower and has a lot of big echoes Um, And I was drawn to that space for the echoes Mm -hmm. So like the concept of the echoes and thinking about echo is like, you know This metaphor for memory and like something that continues to exist beyond the uh, event um, Was like actually a big seed for the book Um, So I was laying out the songs and the book kind of at the same time but in a way, I feel like these these books are have been following the songs mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so like I, I try to cite like the leading element, and voice was a big, big part of it. I want to ask you both about voice, actually, just mm-hmm. like or like how you think about voice across the multiple mediums because like at some point I started thinking, you know, like voice is this thing that doesn't really, um it doesn't stay contained within one genre and like i think of what i'm doing is like it's all the same voice or it's the same energy or current but it's like manifesting in these different forms yeah um and that's that's a big part of it for me so i don't know like if yeah like how how is it the same voice is it different are they distinct um
1: <laughs> I, I that's interesting because like for me i like the thing that I always think about with regards to where different work goes, um, it, uh, uh, in my head, it's almost as if it all comes from the same spring. It's all coming from the same pool of water. And uh, they then go in whatever direction they're going. And because um, I, 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 I think that there's like very different things that excite me um, about a poem than say a painting and there's different things that excite me about a song versus um you know drawing a story like writing and drawing a picture book or a comic and uh and the process is also feels very different and so they 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 tend to kind of like speak to different things that i'm curious about exploring Um, but at the same time underneath like what they're rooted in feels very much the same and like the more I think the the ways in which that they are connected most is like my process that my process is something that You know it fits a little bit differently in each of those vessels But but it's ultimately a very similar process of just kind of like all right Let me engage with a conversation here Let me engage with a spontaneity and see where this thing is is leading me towards and so that's where they they most overlap I find
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, the voice of the fiction and what the film becomes, within my touch of both of those things, they feel pretty continuous. And like, I think of the the, the films I've done with Kelly in, uh, only really are um, they feel for me within the same universe. And I mean, I write uh, you know pretty traditional naturalist fiction that moves in uh, ways that are similar to our own. Newtonian existence here you know like it's not very strange but what has for me when I think of the question of voice like because so much of the stuff that I've written kind of is grounded in characters you know like sort of recognizable characters that people perhaps have met in their own lives there is a real aural quality for me in writing those characters like it really is about capturing the grain of a particular person's like speaking voice in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. And that's kind of how I've been able to kind of manufacture a range of different characters. And it is, um, you know, when when I can plug into like, you know, the voices of my high school friends or like other people that I've encountered in life, I can start to understand how a person will behave in a particular situation. And then happily in those situations, my own voice sort of recedes and I don't have to worry about it that much and for me that's like a lot of what I'm chasing in the writing is like a sort of recession of myself in some way and sort of getting out of it and when something is working well or when I like it I just don't see much of myself in it at all you know and that's that's the hope. (laughs)
1: That's so interesting like I've never I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that like their characters are birthed out of like Voices that they're trying to like actual voices. Yeah. Like it made me, I remember in college, there was like a, a school of acting that was rooted in um, like doing like physical movements, and then like finding what the like physicality of whatever these lines were that you were saying, and that's how you arrived at the character. You know, by by hunching your shoulders, it was like all of a sudden I'm a very different person than like this. You know, so to hear this kind of like an interesting kind of similar thing of. Uh, finding the character by way of voice is really yeah I mean there's sort mean? of a
2: method acting quality to it you know you're like, yeah finding the sort of back. it's not even the backstory but just finding the grain of the person's voice and then you know how they would behave yeah. you know it's like, oh Brad wouldn't do that. he would do that. he would say it that way and suddenly then you're not having to work so hard. I mean this might be cheating. maybe this is like a bad way of doing I think it, it's a but, it's, yeah I think it's a good cheat
1: you know there's good cheat codes. Um, from what you were saying just now like that recession of self and earlier Dao, when you were talking it, it made me start thinking as well about what the relationship to self in general you know to y'all's writing is because you know John with you it is fiction and so I'm curious as to like particularly with, with you kind of like moving it away from yourself through these other characters you know what the relationship of, of self or the reflection of self in those stories are and you know same thing with you Dow, with regards that you know for whatever reason, the way that the world is shaped, I think like generally we, we 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 categorize like you know poems and songs, even though they're not always as like things that are reflective of the individual that's making them. And and so I'm 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 you know particularly with you know you starting off writing fiction, uh, fictional prose. I'm just curious you know with both of y'all what what that interest or disinterest. With the exploration of self in the work and how that manifests itself in the work that you do create
3: yeah. well i guess i would have to say that um a lot of the fiction that i started out writing and a lot of my work does have like some roots in you know autobiography and like a very personal source like i was writing about family and just things related to my own experience or largely inspired by that um So, but at the same time, and I think only writers really understand this, like, it's not really about me exactly. It's like, it's about like experience and perception. So I think Mm -hmm. of the self as like this vehicle or this vessel that we get to experience the world through, and it's really all we have. So it's like perception and reception. And now I've gotten to this point where I still am investigating the self um, and I think about the self as an instrument, as in, like, how do we process the world and how do we, um, you know, like, I, I have this belief that writing and art, you know, makes for pretty sensitive perceivers and that this could be, like, you know, a, a good way to go through the world. At least, it like, it helps us build empathy. So those are my, my questions about the self. Um, and it's not myself exactly, but then there is, like, this sort of Archetype of like the diasporic self and these like, you know, the myths of Exodus and exile and displacement that I'm like also exploring and there are particular Experiences related to like being a person of the Vietnamese diaspora that I'm also exploring but at the same time I'm really reluctant to say that I'm representative of Mm -hmm. Um, so there is like the particularity of like my own lens but an awareness that there's also a collective that you know I, I exist in and I'm continually like you know working on that tension, I yes. guess.
2: I grew up in a, in a kind of nominally Buddhist household. My dad would meditate every morning, very California Buddhist sort of tradition. but um, within that, the idea of the self was actually verboten. It's like you know <laughs> to have a self is a really bad idea. It's the source of illusion and, and suffering. And so that was just something that I internalized as a kid that like, oh, like, let's not be chasing a self. Let's do something else, which, you know, can manifest in many terrible ways, too. But is, you know, that's that's the root of it. But I'm curious Dao, and you talking about the sort of lenses that you're using. I'm curious specifically about the sort of visual elements of your practice in the sort of making of the films or the stills or whatever, however it kind of manifests like um like how how do you sort of think about the framing going on there like like who the sort of viewer is and who the maker is like is there a a filmmaking practice involved in there as well
3: um yeah it's like <laughs> it's hard to describe it's a very organic process um but i'm definitely thinking about cuz i i'm like in that book there are images of myself in 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 you know in the in the visual images and um, Like, I I actually, you know, I actually don't really crave being seen, either. Like, this, like, there... um, But for whatever reason, like, my art has sort of, like, I use my body as, like, part of, you know, the material. Um, And there's there's different, like, motifs um, that have inspired that. And I'm also thinking a lot, um, I guess, about... uh, like photographs, um, like I'm a Vietnamese person growing up in a time where most of the imagery that you have seen of Vietnamese people or like the war, um, it's very specific. It's like you know, defining as like war, defining as like bodies that were like victimized, um, and then that lens being filtered through Hollywood, which a lot of other Vietnamese American writers are like talking about and you know critiquing. So, so I feel like as a vietnamese diasporic person like that there is like this kind of need to contend with the image Um, and i write about the image in instrument um, but i'm not using those imageries like there are paths where i've used found imagery and personal documentary imagery and you know just reformatted or played with it in different ways so i I think a little bit of like controlling the lens self-portraiture is really interesting to me as a female artist um, and like what it means to frame things or you know frame things be seen but not be seen at the same time i don't know if any of that's making sense oh, that makes total <laughs> sense
1: with both of you that which you're seeking to put out into the world like these storied objects so to speak are um how you know with them sometimes taking root in different ways in different shapes like uh, do you know at the onset what they will be? Or do they uh, elicit that recognition in you as they're
2: being formed?
3: No. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean for me generally if I know it's something that I want to be a thing in the world mm-hmm. in, in some way um, it is prose, like because I have control over that like I can actually take it all the way to the end and I can publish it myself if I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one's telling me that uh, we need another four million dollars or something to do it. So, um, I mean, happily in this relationship with Kelly, uh, she and uh, our producers uh, Neil and Anish have proven to be incredibly like uh, effective and, and willful in making things happen. But like she's the only person I would probably write a script for you know just on its own without getting paid because um, otherwise yeah you're you're suddenly just seeding so much so much control
1: mm-hmm.
3: it, it seems like you have a pretty unique relationship in that collaboration where you know that you'll like, yeah I
2: feel like it's almost unheard of yeah and you know and, and we're it's an improvisation all the time like it may not Go forward, you know. I mean, it's not like there's some contract we have um, by any stretch. So, um, you know, <clears throat> that's part of the the magic of it, I guess. Too is that like we have to re refigure it out every time.
1: Is is there? Because um, I know a number of your films are adaptations of of uh, uh, your fiction work. Does it has it ever been the other way around where you set out to to do, say, a project with Kelly or somebody else, and in walking down this film route, instead it was like, oh, actually, this is um, something else. <laughs>
2: well, I did try uh, recently to like, write some scripts and take them out, like, oh, maybe I can like, write a TV pilot. Maybe someone will pay me to do that. And of course, like, you go out and no one wants it. you know. Um, but now I am sort of thinking, well, those were interesting ideas. Like, maybe I could just do that as a book in some way. And it, it wasn't really, hadn't been my intention, but um, just the failure as a thing in the market might lead me to do that.
1: Now yeah, um, with like uh, uh, these, you know, these, diff- you know, multitude of different types of shapes that are, that are, that are taking shape, <laughs> you know, like say an <laughs> instrument or other work, like, um, is there an aspect where they are ever fighting for space? or is there an aspect of them coaxing each other out? Like, you know, that which is um, sound-based, like pulling forth that which is going to be existing on the page, or are they like yeah. fighting for the same attention?
3: Yeah, I, I guess it's um, like it's a, I guess a, it's, it's very process-oriented. And like, I guess what I'm thinking also about the images, which like, like some of it is um, a performance in book, Mm -hmm. Like some of those images and those sequences have like been a form of performance, but you know not performance that I'm doing in front of people, and I I I do think of the photography as that. And I want to ask you about performance too, Anise. Like how like can a book can a book be a form of performance? Um, Can like a body of work, like a series of books or types of you know work that you're doing, be like a a form of extended performance? like, I, I'm, I'm pretty organic in my process. I, like, kind of write all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of, like, the last two books have been, like, taking the fragments. And once I get into InDesign, because I'm laying the books out also myself, like, something starts to happen where I, like, juxtapose image and text. Um, a lot of, I do, like, photo editing. So it, it would be, you know, like, playing around with, the the photos and there was a point where you know i started fragmenting photos like or like setting them to like fall off the edge of the page and then like that like sparked something like mm-hmm. oh that's where it should be um so so there is something that's happening like i guess you know yeah. there is some synergy happening between them um and yeah music is like with the instrument there were fragments and field recordings that i was also had gathered and like, was writing about and mm-hmm. with prose so there there are like ways I guess the pieces are talking to each other gotcha
2: do they like edit each other ever like will a <laughs> photograph like cause you yeah. to change the writing in some way or yeah. vice versa
3: yeah I, I feel like writing for me is like self erasure because because um, <laughs> all the it's not all it's not all worth keeping um, so sometimes like yeah an, an image might be enough or like... Like the fragmenting, like I have like a long document that I was pulling fragments from, and um, and then those sort of turn into you know I'm arranging them as poems, um, but yeah, yeah. So I think they are influencing each other.
1: It's such an interesting thing, the idea of like a book as a performance, because I mean I don't know if y'all view things in this manner, but I often will you know think about things that aren't objects as objects and vice versa. Like like a lot of the music that I make, if it's like recorded music, to me, I'm essentially, I'm, I'm not building something that I would ever perform. Like it's like a self-contained little little object. And there's something about that that I really enjoy, but like I really do love performance. And the thing that I love about performance is that it feels as if it's just happening. And, um, but at the same time, you know, like, like what are the ways in which that, A performance is can be an object and so the idea of like a book an object being a self contained performance and what are the ways that one might might create that like having this you know uh, kind of organic expansion like happening in a self contained place is really fascinating. How
2: would you do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well John um, I don't know I mean like it it did make me think about how because it makes me think about like what are the very specific ways in which that I think um, one is asking or directing one's audience to engage with something. Um, like I love letting it be, you know, the shape of the audience and letting them be able to take whatever. But you know, where are the places in which that it becomes very specific. Like I think of my last book, and I, it, it it all the poems have titles. But none of the titles are over any of the poems. They're just like at the table of contents, and the intent was that for it to be a very kind of specific journey through these pieces, without it having a a pause and a restart and a pause and a restart. And so, you know, that to me is like feels kind of almost like creating a performance inside of a a, a book.
2: Have you ever done a poetry collection with? Uh visual art that you have made also
1: yes and I mean like in in almost all my books there's been like some visual thing um like my first book I had little illustrations over each chapter heading then my second book there was like a illustrated diagram of one of the poems and then this kind of like thematic story that was happening and um and then in my my fourth book it was Technic- by, by my standards, it was based like a book-length poem, but it kind of just read sort of like prose. And that has illustrated sections. But I've never done just kind of like a straight marriage between poem and visual in a book. So maybe at some point.
3: What about um, I, like the oral form? I guess I'm thinking about like do you write your poems as... Vocal spoken performance, or do you write them as text on a page? And is there a difference?
1: Um, for me, I tend to write text on the page, um, but it's it's they're they're, they're happening hand in hand. Um, I, I'll reference often how the poet Patricia Smith had said that if you just write a good poem, that's 90% of the work when you're speaking a poem. And I think, like, with poetry having its roots in, a, in an oral art form, that. You know, what makes a good poem is is the language of it, the sounds of it, how those things are working together. So even though I'm writing for the page and not thinking about like, what is, because then I start, when I have that conversation, then I start kind of like filtering other things in that aren't connected to what I'm trying to do with the poem. Like, what will it feel like to do this in front of people? Like, what is the feeling that I want from people towards me as opposed to like, well, I'm just trying to kind of like explore with this idea or this uh, feeling, or this experience, I'm trying to convey that. Um, and so it, it, it always has its roots in, like, what is the language
2: doing on the page, I think. Is there a revision that happens through the performing of it, though, sometimes? like
1: Definitely. I mean, there's, there's some poems that I, I wrote, I mean, decades ago, even, where um, still have found new shapes um, of existence from, you know, Years of performing them, um, so, so there's it, it's definitely like part of the process, which is the thing that I really love because it allows me to try to hold the art as being something that's like hopefully not perfect and hopefully not having that conversation. But how do I make something perfect instead? How do I make something that is continuously growing as well yeah. and changing? Perhaps
2: I have a nice story about that. I have a friend who's a musician and did a lot of uh, recording, like in his house in the 90s, you know, has copious amounts of tape of different, like, just things. And um, he has recently now, like 30 years later, sort of unearthed, like, 30 hours of music that he and some friends made, you know, that is rough in different kinds of ways and has started kind of remixing it and, like, adding new things to it. And at this point, he actually now has teenage kids who are, like, playing on it and playing bass lines and stuff. And I just found it to be such a beautiful idea that you can sort of be collaborating with yourself from 30 years before, and then adding in all these sort of new components. And it's just, yeah, I just found it like really great.
1: That's super incredible. Yeah, that's wild. I would love to hear that. um, um, One last thing. I was was curious, you know, Dal, you had said at some point earlier today that like, you know, performance isn't necessarily like the thing that you like lean towards um but you have all these aspects of like a performativeness to the work that you're creating and then john you are also like writing this work at times that is intended to be performed but it's also not what you're performing and so like i i i, I am curious as to like what the relationship is to performance like within the work itself with both of y'all and is that something that's being thought and and wrestled with or imagined or is that just kind of like letting the, the work do what it what it will do?
3: Um, well, I guess like I'm, I'm a pretty introverted person so performance isn't like something that I've craved like for the sake of performance. Um, it's really like I, I started performing because I wanted to play music. So there is like some, some sharing and some connection that I did want to experience. Um, I, I, I guess that's where my question is like, is a book a performance? Mm-hmm. You know, like I am, I am really interested in what performance is and what it can be. Um, like this idea of people standing on a stage and then other people like looking at them, like feels like one, one way of performance, but I feel like it might not be the only um and and i'm not as interested in that um and there's a lot of like i guess paradigms of like i don't know like the the crowd and the, the like i it's like i i'm interested in a performance where there isn't a stage yes. or where the boundaries are not as clear or um or what you perform in interior spaces is really different also than what you would do publicly and like that's probably more the type of writing that i'm doing um so yeah, like there's there's a there's an aspect of communion that is happening in making the art, definitely, and in like singing in a room by myself or like whatever the muses or something that I'm connecting to, that I'm interested in that relationship. Um, I would like to be able to share it, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't exactly know how to do that um, in like the physical like spaces all of the time. Um, so where yeah there's that's you know I've, I've talked to like choreographers too like i know there are like more experimental forms of performance that can happen um and yeah so that's my question is can can the book be a form of performance <laughs>
2: um well in the realm of uh filmmaking it's actually really has been a really interesting process to see how performance um mutates a character in a really fascinating mm-hmm. way and i I mean, I can count on, like, one hand, the number of characters who I've written for a film that then ended up exactly like I imagined, yeah. you know? Because it is like once the actor comes in, that sort of is the character. So um, I, I feel like my job at the beginning is to yeah write a character who kind of sounds the same all the way through, who obeys the same kind of logic, who is continuous... Um, And then, in conversation with uh, the director, um, that is sort of discussed ad nauseum, like who is this person, what is the nature of their kind of moral compass, what's their trip, you know. Um, And then, through casting, like this really like fascinating sort of blender happens where suddenly you see a bunch of different people kind of doing it and you're like, oh, Okay, that person is doing it in a way that I hadn't thought of it that way, but that actually does work with the kind of person. And you start drawing this kind of web of of people, you know, where you're like, yeah, that is kind of like that kind of person. And it becomes a kind of a form of gossip, you know, where you're like, yeah, that's like that person. Oh, that person is sort of like that person. And you kind of, you know, end up narrowing it down to like, okay, this is like in the same cosmos. And um, it's just like, yeah, a really fascinating experiment and kind of human um, charisma uh, in a way and yeah it's great it's really fun awesome thank you all so very very much
1: I, uh, I want to continue this conversation <laughs> uh, so much even though we're out of time um, so yeah my name is Anis Mojgani and this is Dow Strom John Raymond thank you all so very very much and you've been listening to the Archive Project thank you Pickathon
0: that was Anis Moshgani, John Raymond, and Dow Strom in conversation at the Lucky Barn stage at Pickathon in August 2022. Thank you to Pickathon and especially to Ryan Stiles for hosting this conversation. This has been Literary Arts The Archive Project. It's a retrospective of some of the most engaging talks from the world's best writers from more than 35 years of literary arts in Portland. The Archive Project is produced in collaboration with Oregon Public Broadcasting. To hear more, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Our executive producer is Andrew Proctor. The show is produced by Crystal Ligori and Donald Orr for Radio and Podcast, with oversight by Amanda Bullock and support from Liz Olofsson and Alberto Swem. Special thanks to literary arts marketing staff Jyoti Roy and Hope Levy and the entire literary arts staff, board, and community. This show would not be possible without them. Thanks also to the band Emancipator for our theme music, and thank you to all of you for listening. I'm Amanda Bullock, and this has been another episode of The Archive Project from Literary Arts. Join us next time and find your story here.